Hey everyone, this is Ben Chapman. Thank you for listening to Luminous Church Podcast. It's always an honor that you would take time out of your day to listen to us. We hope that you would see Jesus more clearly today and that you would also be inspired to make a difference wherever you find yourself. Enjoy today's sermon and God bless you. I would love for us to turn to Matthew chapter 28 this morning. That's what we're going to be, Matthew chapter 28. And as you're finding that, maybe you're finding it on a paper Bible. Maybe you're finding it on a phone. It will also be on our screen in just a moment. And so as you are flipping there, I would love for you to go ahead and stand with me this morning. Could you stand up with me this morning? I would love for you to do that. And uh, we're going we're gonna to do a little exercise that I think is going to be a lot of fun for us. Um, so so I, I, love, I love superheroes. Anybody love superheroes? Love superheroes? Anybody uh, just used to dress up as a superhero when they were a kid? Maybe just run around in your Batman costume, Wonder Woman outfit, whatever it may be. I'm going to throw some logos up here. And what I want us to do is if you do not recognize this logo, then I would love for you to go ahead and have a seat. Now, don't feel the pressure. If you're the only one sitting, be confident in your, in your ignorance, okay? Be confident in it. Embrace it. But if you know it, stay standing. So this is our, this is our first logo up here that we have uh, this morning. And boom. All right, all right. Who, if you don't recognize that logo, go ahead and have a seat. Okay, for all those who know it, what is that? Spider-Man. Okay, here's our second logo coming up right here. Okay, all right. If you don't notice that, just just go ahead and have a seat. Okay, okay. What is that? Captain America. Okay, the generation of Avengers. So I don't know where you've been hiding. Okay, here's the next one. Okay, if you don't know that, go ahead and have a seat. It's okay. No one's judging around here. Okay, what is this? Black Panther. Okay, here's, here's the last one. If you don't know that, it's okay. What is it? Superman. Superman. Give yourself a hand. Have a seat. High five somebody as you're seated this morning. <laughs> Trying to lower that. It's like so tall. It's like, hello, everybody. Um, so anyway, not going to happen. Um, I, I love I love superheroes. I love who they are. I love what they've done. I I, I just I, I love just all, all that they've done and all that they are. And so, um, man, we used to go around dressing up like superheroes, acting like superheroes. We all want to be heroes, isn't that true? Like we all want to be heroes. We all want to go in and save the day. It's like ingrained in us. Uh, this is the Avenger generation. It's just. This is what it is. This is who we are. This is what we want to be about. We want to be a superhero. And that's not a bad thing, right? It's not a bad thing to be a hero. How many know that's a good thing? Like, it's a good thing. It's a great thing to be a hero. But did you know behind every hero is a hero maker? Behind every hero, there was somebody who came along the side of them or behind them and encouraged the gift that was inside of them. Spider-Man had Uncle Ben. Thank you. Spider-Man had Uncle Ben, and I'm not biased to that, you know, Uncle Ben. Um, so Spider-Man had Uncle Ben. He said, with great power comes great responsibility. Yeah. So we see that. Uh, we see Black Panther, right? Uh, who did he have? 
Surrey, right? Come on. Come on. Let's go. Okay, we got to go wash. We got to watch some, some of that. So, so Black Panther at Zuri, right? And then, and then who else do we have here? We have, we have, we have Iron Man, right? We have um, Spider-Man had Iron Man too, right? Like he doubled, he gets a little double dose, which is awesome. Oh, what about Rocky Balboa? Who does he have? Mickey, right? Mickey. <laughs> he has Mickey, right? And then Batman has... Alfred, wow, wow. Y'all are just pretending to know those logos. <laughs> Batman had Alfred. You know, without Alfred, uh, Batman would still be in some orphanage, right? And, and, and crying about his problems of being a billionaire. And, and, you know, so Alfred pulled him out of that, empowered him and do that. Um, we know this is that heroes are not born, they're made. Heroes are not born, they're made. It's, it's somebody who, who went alongside them and started pulling something out of them and started encouraging them and helping them to be greater and to go further. One of the values we have at our church is that disciples make disciples. So this morning I want to talk to you about the grace to become a hero maker. The grace to become a hero maker and what that would look like for us this morning. In Matthew 28, we read about Jesus, the greatest hero maker. In verse 16, it says this. Now the 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. I want to talk to you about what makes up a hero maker this morning. I want to hopefully give you some nuggets or some truths through the word of God that would help you become a hero maker and not just be a hero. The first thing that we see, if you're taking notes, a hero maker has a God-sized dream. They have a dream that is much larger than themselves. Hero makers dream in such a way that it, it begins to grow where, where the dream can't be accomplished without God. How many know that's true? That it can only be accomplished with him. This is, this is what hero makers do. They start dreaming about the impossible because they know the God of the possible. They know that God will make a way for them and accomplish it not only in them but through their life. We see this all the time. We also see that dreams, if they're God-given and God-directed and they're, and they're so large, it will outlive you. Your dream will outlive you. The God-given dream that he has given you, that he has called you to walk in, it's going to outlive you in every way. Now, how many of you know that you don't want your dream to outlive you? You know, I want the yacht. I want the mansion. I want the hot girl. I want the hot guy. I want, I want kids and grandkids and all these things. I, I don't want it to outlive me. But I'm telling you, if it's a God-given dream, it's going to outlive. 
live you. Even Walt Disney, he's quoted as this. He says, if you can dream it, you can do it. Let's say that. If you can dream it, you can do it. I mean, get your Disney on, you know, your Disney on this morning. If you can dream it, you can do it. He's quoted with this, and all of us put that slogan, you know, in our dorm room. All the college students aren't here. They're at our conference this weekend. But, but, but you put it in your, on your bathroom mirror. You put it on your car dash, you know. You put it right there. In every situation, it's a quote, it's quotable, it's tweetable. You're like, I'm going to do that. But how many of you know Walt Disney's quote was actually not totally true? If you dream it, you can do it, meaning that, that you may not be the one who does it. You may not be the one who accomplishes the dream that God has given you. You actually... If it's a God-given dream and it's larger than you, it may outlive you. And Walt Disney realized that his dream was so large that it actually did outlive him. And his dream was to build a resort that all these people could come to and experience this amazing place in Orlando, the, the swamp of Florida. Who's going to come to that? And yet, yet he dreams it. And in 1966, he dies before he gets to see the reality. In 1971, we actually see that Walt Disney opened. He died before the dream was fully realized. I'm going to tell you that the God-given dream in you, that you will receive some of its blessing. You're going to receive some of the portion that God has given you. You're going to see it come. Uh, you're going to see some fruition of it, but you're not going to see the completion of it because a God-given dream is much bigger than you and me. I'm so thankful for it. I wonder if that's because if I could experience the full fruition of this dream in the days that I have alive on earth, I wonder if that would make me more a hero or a hero maker. I wonder if I, if I actually accomplished this dream, would it maybe bring a little bit of arrogance and puff me up in such a way like, whoa, see what I did. But when it's a God-given dream, and it's something so great, you realize this dream's going to grow, and it can only be accomplished through the next generation. This is such a God-given dream. It's going to be only accomplished through his people. Think about it. We just read Matthew 28. What was God's given dream as Jesus told to his disciples? Go to the ends of the earth. Did Jesus, when he was alive on the earth, did he go to the ends of the earth? No, that, no, everybody say no. No, he did not go to the ends of the earth. But he told the disciples, I want you to go to the ends of the earth. I've equipped you. I, I, I've, I've said it in, in this way. I, I've showed you how to do it. Go and carry it. And guess what? You don't have to go alone. I'm going to go with you. I'm going to resource you. I'm going to give you the ability and the talents. I'm going to give you the treasure. I'm going to give you everything you need to go to the ends of the earth. Did the disciples go to the ends of the earth? No. Okay, let's try again. No. 
They did not go to the ends of the earth. They realized this dream was so big that we have to start making heroes of the next generation so that they can carry on the gospel further than us, past us, and we're going to equip them in such a way to do it. This is a God-given dream, a dream that may not be fully fulfilled in your life. We read about the, in the Bible, we read all these scriptures. Abraham, he was promised a God-given dream. You'll be the father of a multitude. As many as the, the, the sand is on the, on, the, on the beach, as many as the stars are in the sky, this will be the, the, your inheritance. This is the dream. Did Abraham see that dream? No. Well, we read about uh, Moses called to take the Israelites out of Egypt. I want you to take them. I want you to free them. And I want you to lead them into the promised land. Did Moses lead them into the promised land? No. It was Joshua. And so we see that, that dreams could be live maybe beyond you, past you, to another generation. David was like, I'm going to build God a temple, which was actually a dream that he had to do. Uh, God didn't need a temple. He was just satisfied with the tabernacle. But David wanted to build him a temple. He felt like this is God's dream. This is what, this is what I'm supposed to do. Did he build the temple? Come on, no. His son built the temple. You see, a, a dream that is given to you, you're going to see some of the fruit. There's going to be some fruit in your life. You're going to get to see glimpses of it, but you're not going to see the full picture yet. You see, a, a God dream. Hero makers have a God dream, a dream that can only happen with God. It's only going to happen with the people around you as you are becoming a hero maker for somebody else. Hero makers, they also see clearly. They, they can see clearly. They, they, they have a good vision. Good vision. Mark chapter 3, we read about Jesus in verse 13 as he's moving and he's calling his 12 disciples. And it says this. Went up on the mountain and called to him those whom I wanted, and they came to him. And he appointed 12 whom he also named apostles so they might be with him. And he might send them out to preach and have authority to cast out demons. He appointed the 12. He appointed, uh, if you've seen The Chosen or, or any other Bible documentaries or you've read about the stories of the gospel, he appointed the 12 most unlikely. Because this is what Jesus does. He looks at you and he starts seeing the potential inside of you. Jesus looks at you and he starts seeing the greatness inside of you, how he made you and what's in there. And he starts to unlock that potential. And sometimes unlocking potential is just speaking life over somebody, speaking something great over them. Think about it. The disciples grew up. They were Jews. And the Jewish boys, they would all learn under the rabbi, and they would be in these schools, and they would learn the Torah, and they would learn different aspects. But, but there was some who weren't, well, maybe not as smart as the others. So they said, hey, you should go back home. And then they took them some more, and they took them a little further. Hey, you're not good at memorizing Torah. You should go home. Hey, you're not tall enough. You should go home. Hey, you don't speak well enough. You should go home. So the rabbis only got the cream of the crop. And here we have some fishermen who are back home. And they're fishing. 
and catching fish. Not good enough for a rabbi. I guess we'll clean dirty fish. I guess we'll clean dirty nets. I guess we'll clean these fish and gut them and our life will be made and our living will be made by this way of life. And, and it's messy. How I many of you ever caught some fish? Uh, yeah. How I many of you ever gutted some fish? You just clean them, blood everywhere. You get ready for that fish fry. It's like dozens of fish that you have to clean and blood is everywhere. And your hands smell like fish. It's like you wash your hands and the, somehow the scent got under the fingernail for a couple of weeks. Come on, somebody. Any fishermen, fisherwomen in here. And, and that's what I'm saying. It's so, so it's a dirty job. And Jesus said, hey, Peter, James, John, yes, Rabbi, I'm calling you. You're calling me? I'm a fisherman. We can't do this. We, we're not even good at fishing. We haven't even caught any fish yet all night. Go throw it on the other side. Catch some fish. So much fish, they had to call other boats over to bring the fish in. You see, what's impossible is made possible by God. And I want to tell you that I'm going to send you on a dream. I'm going to send you on a mission. I'm going to commission you to live something that is not possible on your own, but it is possible with God. Watch what I do in and through your life. And guess what? That same call to the disciples is the same call to you this morning. It's the same call to you that Jesus wants to include you on his mission. And he's starting to see some potential inside of you. You see, you see, Jesus as a hero maker sees clearly. You and me, when we step into a hero making, we start seeing differently. I, I heard this quote this week and it says this. Anybody can count the number of apples on an apple tree. But how many people can cut, count the trees in an apple? Only a wise man. You see, the potential of an apple has the potential of an orchard, an orchard, orchard. It has the potential. It depends where you're from. Praise God. And, and so it has a potential. This is what hero making does. It comes to you and it says, I see some greatness inside of you. I see what you can become. I see what God can do. And, and hero making starts speaking not on performance, as Andy Stanley says, but on potential. It doesn't mark you by your performance of your do's and don'ts. Oh, you messed up. I just, you're not ready to be a hero. No, on your potential. No, you messed up, and that's okay, because that's how you learn. This is a safe place. Hey, hey, it's okay. I make mistakes, too. You can fail here, and it's going to be okay, because uh, you're a hero, and you're awesome, and you're amazing, and there's something great inside of you, and we're going to pull that out, and Jesus is going to start pulling that out in a way like you've never seen before. When I was 19 years old, I think I was 20, actually. When I was 20 years old, I was at Mid-Cities, and, and there was a youth pastor there, and his name was Big Dan. Uh, rightly named, he's 6'4", 325, maybe 350, I'm not sure, maybe 375 <laughs> some days, just, just large, man. His hand was like a kawaii hand that would just surround you. And you're, you know when a hand hugs your hand and you feel like warm, you're like, whoa, that was so awesome. 
it, he, he did that. He would, he would just love and grace and full of life. And I would say, man, can you take me through that purple book? You know, the one that we have in the foyer right there? Can you take me through that? And, and we meet because I just, I want to grow. I just, you know, I'm, I'm here and I see you every Sunday. And, and, and I know that you just love Jesus. And I want to love Jesus like you love him. I, I want some of that in my life. I want that. He says, sure, yeah, let's meet up at Starbucks every week. At 6 a.m., 6 a.m. for a 20-year-old, you're about to, that's rough, but I was hungry. I was hungry, and I wanted to learn, and I wanted to grow, so I said, I'm there. We started meeting and started discovering things in me, and you know what hero makers do? They see your potential, but they also see your weaknesses. You see, the more, more vulnerable you get with somebody, the, the, the more it exposes you. How many married people in here, right? You know, your wedding night, you're like naked. You know, it's like, whoa, I'm all exposed. This is weird. You know, it's just so true. And you're vulnerable. They start to know you. They know your weaknesses. They know your faults. But you know what a hero maker does? They don't go, oh, you weak. Oh, man, you're messed up. Uh, you know what my hero maker did? Uh, Daniel, he, he, Big Dan, he said, he said, you know what? I think we should go through a book. Oh, man, I love that. What book? I want to go through Philip Yancey's What's So Amazing About Grace. And he knew something about me that I did not yet know. He knew that I thought maybe you could, you could earn the kingdom by some works. You know, if I clean myself up a little bit, God would love me a little more. Like if I, if I didn't sin, if I, if I didn't click on that computer and look at something, you know, then I was more holy. And he said, man, I just, I just I want to tell you, you know, we're going to go through this book. That's what hero makers do. They listen to the Holy Spirit for you. They start unlocking some potential. And all of a sudden, I'm crying as I'm reading this book. Tears filled this book as I learned about grace. Grace, it doesn't matter what you do. You don't have to work for it. You don't have to earn it. I just love you, son. I just love you. You're mine. It doesn't matter what, what you go through. It doesn't matter what you've done. I accept you. I want you. You're my beloved. You're the apple of my eye. I'm not going to leave you nor forsake you. It doesn't matter what you did. It wasn't about performance, but it's about who you are. And, and, and my hero maker began to call that stuff out of me, and I found myself just accepting and receiving grace in an overwhelming way. And I started walking taller, not because of what I've done, but because what he did for me. You see, when you're a recipient of grace, you start walking differently. It says that we have confidence in Christ. It is Christ is our confidence, not because we're awesome, not because we did our wad, not because, you know, we, we spoke eloquently, not because we got the raise or the bonus or we've been eating tofu all week. You know, that's not why. The why is because, because grace, Jesus I walk confidently because of Jesus. I will boast in him and him alone. He is so worthy. This grace comes out, and it just calls us up. And now, now Big Dan wasn't just taking me through this and receiving grace. Now he said, I think you are ready to be a small group leader. Oh, no. <laughs> no, man, you got this. You can lead some middle school kids. You should lead them on this weekend. It's going to be awesome. I, I, I know it's in you. 
I see this in you that you can lead them. Oh, Pastor Dan, did you know that when I'm in a room of, of 12 people that I get, like, anxiety? Did you know that? Did you know I started with anxiety? Did you know that, like, when I have to talk out loud in front of a bunch of people, and especially middle school kids, like, I won't be there anymore. I'm going to run out that door. And then they're going to be left with uh, unsupervised. Are you okay with that? No, you got it. I remember showing up my first small group. And I just, I just was there. And, and me and Jason, we're leading this small group. And, and, and we're ready to start, right? We kept, like, procrastinating. You know, like, let's just wrestle a little longer. You know, some of you do that in life group, life group leaders. Let's just eat a little longer. Let's not start yet, you know? You're so nervous. I was like, oh, man, let's just, let's just hang out. Okay, it's time to start. So we got to start. So we're sitting in a circle, and I'm looking at Jason, and he's looking at me. And then something that I realized that Jason also realizes that, that I'm more nervous. No, he's more nervous than me. You know, like, Jason, well, I, was, I was looking at Jason. I, hey, you leading this? He's like, no, are you leading it? I thought you were leading the first session. Oh, no, you're leading first session. Remember? Man, come on, somebody. I was so nervous, had so much anxiety, and then I just... The Holy Spirit just came on me. You're a hero maker. You're going to make these kids great. You're going to speak life over them. You can do this. I got Big Dan in my ear. Hey, you got this. You can do it. I see potential in you. I start opening my mouth, and I start leading a small group, and I was so nervous. I mean, half of it was heretical. It was the shortest small group of all time, but I did it. I got through it, and kids were great, and I fell in love with middle school kids, and I started seeing greatness inside of them, started calling them out into greatness, and that's what a hero maker does is a hero maker will start seeing the potential in you. Everybody say this, I see in you. We need an I see in you attitude in our church. And I see in you, I see in you. Question, what do you see in the people around you? What do you see in the people that God has put you around? Are you only seeing the negative and the junk or are you seeing something that God has put inside of them? Are you seeing some potential that you can start calling out and calling them into? We need some more I see in you conversations. The third thing a hero maker does is a hero maker empowers others. Jesus, Jesus had a God dream. He gave it to the disciples. The disciples were like, that's a big dream. But in Acts 1.8, but you will receive power. When the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. That you will be empowered by the Holy Spirit to be a hero maker. That he's going to be with you. How many of you are comforted that he's with you as you're being a hero maker? I do not want to do it alone, but he's empowered you to do this in great ways. And hero makers, when they're empowered and the Holy Spirit comes to you, you start looking at the people around you. Okay, now I'm feeling some power. Now I'm ready. So who's around me? Don't go looking, you know, in Austin. Don't go looking in Houston. Don't go looking in Dallas. Don't go looking in those places. They're, they're going to be right around you. They're going to be in proximity. The hero makers are going to be in proximity right by you. And guess what? You're going to know them. Because where you are is where God called you to be. God called you to be exactly where you are. And the people around you, God has called you to. Believe it or not, like it or not, he has called you to them. 
You know, when you're in proximity around somebody, you really get to unlock some potential and destiny for a God-sized dream. It's pretty amazing. I know that our nation has been mourning Kobe Bryant. I know our church felt that pretty deeply. And Kobe was an incredible hero maker. You see, as we begin to know his story, we, we get to know that he was the best dad to his daughter. And he saw in his daughter greatness. And he invested in her. And he started pulling greatness out of her. Gianna believed that she would begin to change the WNBA. She believed that she was going to bring salaries for women's sports equal to men's sports. This was what was inside of her because a hero maker started investing in her and started developing her and started pouring into her. This is what hero makers do. And I know all of us in our context, we have the ability to make these hero makers, to invest in students if you're a teacher, to be a mentor, in your profession, you have the ability to do that, to make heroes out of people. And we get the opportunity as followers of Jesus to make other people great, to bring out potential of the kingdom inside of them and begin to unlock them and launch them into their destiny so that they would go further than we could ever go, so they could do more than we will ever do. This is what hero makers do. Hero makers are unstoppable, unstoppable. Our church disciples make disciples because this is what we do. They're unstoppable. I'll never forget, when Brandy moved here in 2014, we started playing the church. I started thinking about, okay, what kind of sound system we need? What kind of lights do we need? Okay, how do I train people to do this? Okay, what about this background? Okay, what kind, what's a cool sermon illustration? Uh, how do I even preach a sermon? Lord Jesus, help me. I, I don't even know. And so I'm, I'm just doing all these things. And Brandy's like, I'm come to be a hero maker. I've come to make disciples. What do you want me to do? I don't know. I'm making disciples. And so she grabs Alyssa and she starts pouring into Alyssa and just giving her life to Alyssa. Hey, let's go through the purple book. Let's go to Born to Be Through Free. Let's go to that freedom class. Let's go to that freedom weekend. Starts growing. Alyssa starts rubbing off on Hannah over here and say, Hannah, you can do it. You're awesome. Start encouraging this life. Uh, Hannah gets baptized at our church. It's awesome. And we just celebrate it. And, and she starts seeing the, the hero that she can be. Uh, Alyssa doesn't want to be a hero. Brandy doesn't want to be a hero. No, no. It goes, it's beyond us. It's past us. You see, we're disciples who make disciples. And Hannah, uh, not even asked, finds her friend, Randall, and says, I'm going to start pouring in this girl. I'm going to start going through the purple book, and we're going to just talk about Jesus and how Jesus loves her and start pulling out potential in her, saying, you were made for a purpose. You were created for destiny. And then Randall gets baptized in our church like three weeks ago. Is that awesome? And now Randall is here with her future husband saying, you can do this. There's potential. There's so much greatness inside of you. That, 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 that God is so awesome. And, and so you, you see hero makers make disciples. This is what we're called to do. That we're called to transfer this and make it that it's beyond us. Brandy doesn't even know Randall. Barely. Because we're praying that it lives past us, lives beyond us. It's a God-given dream that they won't even know my name. 
We don't even know the person from Paul to our salvation. You know, who were the people who carried this? Who were the people who were being hero makers? Who were the people who went to the ends of the earth? Who were the people, uh, the Hudson Taylor, who goes to China and he, he sells everything. He goes there and he lives his whole life with the Chinese people and only sees like one convert, one person coming to know Jesus. But it made a way for the gospel to invade China, to invade that land. I mean, this is what hero makers do. It's not about me or my name. It's about Jesus and who he is and the gospel that he would be made known and he would call greatness out of you. This is what we want. This is our desire. In Philippians 1, as we close this morning, Philippians 1 I want to tell you something. The last thing that hero makers are, they're unstoppable. A hero maker is unstoppable. You see, they go so wrecked with the good news of Jesus. The gospel came about in them in such a way that they are unstoppable. And they don't care about fame. They don't care about accolades. They're not looking for a platform. They're not looking for any of that. They just want to make Jesus great. And they want to call you out into who you were called to be, how he originally designed you and his best intent for you to be a follower of Jesus and live this life is good news when a son and daughter is reconciled to the father good news I'm going to read verse 12 it's in the message it says I want to report to you friends that my imprisonment here has had the opposite of its intended effect Instead of being squelched, the message has actually prospered. All the soldiers here and everyone else too found that I'm in jail because of this Messiah that piqued their curiosity. And now they've learned all about him. Not only that, but most of the followers of Jesus here have become far more sure to themselves of themselves in the faith than ever. Speaking out fearlessly about God, about the Messiah. It's true that some here preach Christ because with me out of the way, they think they'll step right into the spotlight, become a hero. But the others do it with the best heart in the world. They want to be hero makers. One group is motivated by pure love, knowing that I am here defending the message, wanting to help. The others, now that I'm out of the picture, are merely greedy hoping to get something out of it for themselves. Their motives are bad. They see me as their competition. And so the worse it goes for me, the better they think for them. So how am I to respond? I've decided I really don't care about their motives. Whether mixed, bad, or indifferent, every time one of them opens his mouth, Christ is proclaimed. So I just cheer them on. And I'm going to keep that celebration going because I know how it's going to turn out. Through your faithful prayers and the generous response of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, everything he wants to do in and through me will be done. I can hardly wait to continue on my course. I don't expect to be embarrassed in the least. On the contrary, everything happening to me in this jail only serves to make Christ more accurately known. Regardless of whether I live or die, they didn't shut me up. They gave me a pulpit. Alive, I'm Christ's messenger. Dead, I'm his bounty. Life versus even more life. 
I can't lose. Hero makers are not insecure. Hero makers are unstoppable. Hero makers are going to go and they're going to share the gospel. And if they see somebody else trying to make themselves famous, hey, just tell them about Jesus. Keep going. Keep going. I'm going to be over here leading this small group. Nobody knows my name. No one may never know my name, but I'm going to disciple these three. And they're going to disciple three. And they're going to disciple their children. And they're going to disciple their, some of them would disciple their cousins, their parents. It's going to go further and further and further. Now, if you're like me, I'm afraid sometimes to share the gospel, talk about this Messiah. I'm afraid of what, what may happen if I were to just open my mouth about the Radio Women's Night or my life group or anything else. Sometimes we just need a little nudge, right? It's a little encouragement. I tell Pastor Austin, he's an evangelist. He just goes out on a campus always sharing the gospel. I go, bro, just take me with you because I forgot how to do it. Well, this weekend we're doing a spring break mission trip partnered with Crossbridge Church. We're going to be here Friday night. Saturday morning, and we're going to give you a little nudge. Here's how you can share your faith. Here's how you could pray. Here's some tools and some resources. You see, I just don't want it to be an ideology or a feeling. I want, I want it to be an activity that moves us to unlock some potential that's deep inside of us. So we're going to give you some tools. And then two hours Saturday, we're going to do a practicum. We're going to go out. We're going to go door to door. We're going to knock. And say, hey, if God could do a miracle for you today, what would it be? And we'll pray for them, share with them. Yes, the door will be slammed in your face. Yes, people won't answer even though they're home. But there's somebody that you're going to be able to speak life into. There's going to be a moment for you. There's going to be a moment for you. It's going to change somebody's life. So we want to equip you to do that. Would you stand with me this morning? Everyone in here is a hero maker. Everyone in here is a hero maker. Everyone in here is a hero maker. That God is going to include you on his mission to make heroes out of people by bringing the good news of Jesus. Let me pray for you. You want mind bowing your head and closing your eyes. Father, I just thank you for our hero makers. Lord Jesus, I thank you for unlocking potential right now. That there's greatness in every single person in this room, Lord Jesus. That you have called them and set them apart to make a difference in this world. That you've given unique talents and abilities, God. That you've given unique treasure, God. That you've come in such a way to move in and through their life, God. That they are going to make a difference in this life. And the gospel will go forward. And this dream will outlive us. And one day we'll step in to the glory of the dream as the message is being carried out here on earth. Bless your people. In Jesus' name, amen.